Greetings, everyone. How you doing today? Thank you for joining me, New Hope Radio, and the Hope Club Podcast. I'm talking recently about the grace of God. Oh, it comes at us in so many different ways. The more we understand God's grace, I think the more we get to understand His character and His nature, because it is His nature to be a God of grace. talk about something today that I think many, maybe not all people, but quite a lot of people can identify with. It's a malady. There's a malady in our society, and it brings with it feelings of despair, hopelessness, low self-esteem, and some other negative emotions as well. And you know, Jesus understands this malady. You know what I call it? Loneliness. The malady of loneliness. And I believe this is one of the reasons he said something that can change everything for people. What he's going to say here today can change the life of any person. He gave one phrase. One phrase. And you know what? That's all you need. All you need is this one phrase to cure the problem, to cure this malady that so many people experience. And you know what the phrase is? It's found in Matthew chapter 16. In verse 18, Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, here it comes now, I will build my church. There it is. I will build my church. I believe that's the solution for the malady of loneliness. Let's really think about that. And think today about the gift of the church that God has given to mankind. And he did it in grace. Now, what prompted Jesus to say this? To say that you are Peter, and upon this rock, I'll build my church. Well, what what happened? Why Why is he talking like that? Well, it begins in Matthew 16, verse 13. It says that when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Oh, some say John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. But still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. See, most of them could only compare Jesus to others. But they really couldn't identify who he truly was. And like most people today, They fail in the same way. They have not yet identified the reality of Christ. They have a, a, people today have a fuzzy notion of who he is, but they haven't truly identified who he is. And we're going to see today why the church is so important. He addresses his disciples and he said to them, okay, that's what everybody else says, but who do you say that I am? And good old Peter, 
He's always the first guy to volunteer an answer, right? So Peter answered, oh, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter got it. He, he, he didn't say, not a Christ, but the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the true de- designation of who Jesus Christ is. Christ means anointed one, one that was sent. Son means incarnation of God, God incarnate, God in the flesh. That's what Christ Jesus means, or Jesus Christ. So Jesus was pretty happy with Peter in that response. He said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father, who was in heaven. I'm like, wait, there were 12 disciples, and yet only Peter got it from God? Why's that? All 12 disciples walked with Jesus. They all heard the same teachings. Why was it only Peter got it? I wonder why. Could it be that his heart was truly hungry for truth? See, I see three general categories of people today. Number one, they're indifferent, which means they don't care. I don't care about that God stuff. I don't care about that Jesus guy. They're indifferent. They don't care. Then category number two, they're curious. They're like, "Hmm, I I I want to know something. I'll listen. Tell me about it. And then thirdly, those that are hungry. They want to go deep. They want to live it. They want it to impact their lives. That's the third category. Think about it. The indifferent, the curious, and the hungry. Ask yourself, which one am I? Are you at a point where, nah, you know, I really don't care. Or maybe, I don't mind finding out a few things. Or, I am passionate. I want to devour everything I can about Christ. I want to live for him. I think that's what Peter was. And then Jesus said, I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, the Roman Catholic Church says that Peter is the rock. But I think theologically that's incorrect. What Jesus is saying is the statement that Peter made That's the rock. The rock means foundation, right? Upon this rock, I will build my church. What's the foundation of the church? The foundation is not Peter. The foundation is the fact that Christ is the Son of God. That's what the church is built on. It's built on Christ. It's not built on a person or a a man. It's built on the Son of God himself, Christ Jesus. And what is this church? It's the word ecclesia, and it means a calling out, an assembly. The prefix ek means out of, klesia means to call. It's a calling out of. It's an assembly that's called out. And the word is not spiritual in itself. 
It describes the fact that people are called out for a specific reason, okay? Back in the ancient days, people would be called out to the city gate, and they would hear announcements, or they would be called out to government meetings and assembly. They'd, they'd come out from their everyday life, and they'd assemble together. They'd have a meeting, called out for a specific purpose. So what's the church, the ecclesia? It's an assembly of called out ones for the purpose of God. Boom, there it is. That's the church. An assembly of called out ones for the purpose of God. Called out from the world for the purpose of God. So let's look at what it means to be called of God. Okay? And I want to give you a heads up. It means more than being a Christian. That word Christian, man, you know what? It's not even, it doesn't have a biblical origin. You know what the original followers of Christ were called? Followers of the way. They followed the way of Christ. Christians were actually, the name Christian was given to them by the Gentiles, by the unbelievers, believe it or not. Okay? So what does it mean to be more than a Christian, to be a follower of Christ, to be in the church. Well, on the negative side, it means you're not going to fit in to the world system. You don't fit in. You're like a square peg and a round hole. Okay? In John 15, verse 19, you know what Jesus said? If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, why? Because you're ecclesia, you're called out of the world. He said, I chose you out of the world, therefore, uh uh-oh, the world hates you. The whole cosmic system, Satan's system, hates the people of God. You better get used to it. The biggest mistake the church can make is to try to be friendly with the world, flirt with the world, look like the world, sound like the world, be like the world. We're called out of the world. We're called to be different from the world. Okay? All right. That's enough negative. (laughs) Now on the positive side. What does it mean to be in the ecclesia of God, called out for God, the church? Number one, you are set apart for God. Think about it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1-2, to the church of God, that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Wow, what a mouthful. Paul is writing this letter to the ecclesia that's in Corinth. And he says, you guys are sanctified. You're set apart for Christ. You're saints. Hagias. That means also what? Holy. Set apart for God. Together with all, all others. It's not just those in Corinth. It's people, okay, all over the world that name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior of the world. This is what brings us all together. We're called out from the world, and we're all called together for the purpose of God. 
That's the church. Hot from the world, together for God. That's the church. Number two, as the called out ones, we have a divine purpose. Isn't that good to know? It's good to know that we have something to do with our lives. That's why I'm going to say, you know what? Stay with me. This is the cure for loneliness. In 2 Peter 1.9, I mean 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he says, you know what this God did? He saved us, and he called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Wow, this is the foreknowledge of God. God knew what he would do with his people before we were even his people. (laughs) Think about it. Talk about looking into the future. Only God can do that. That's why he's God. He saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because there was something good about us, but because of his own purpose. Oh, and because of grace, which is found in Christ. See, once you come into Christ by faith, you become called. That's how it works. You receive Christ as your Savior, and now you become the called of God. You are in the ecclesia, called out from the world for the purpose of God. And in that purpose, you have function, something eternal to do. You have fellowship. That's camaraderie, a mutual trust with other believers. You have friends a support system. See, there doesn't have to be loneliness in life. God has provided a way to solve that dilemma. It's the church, the body of Christ. And the homebound are not excluded. I mean, we have technology today that allows for function, for fellowship, and friends. With technology, we can participate in the Great Commission, tell people about Christ. With technology, we can have fellowship with one another. We can be a support to one another. Someone says, well, I don't know how to work a computer. You have a telephone? You can use a telephone. Well, I don't have a telephone. Do you have a pen and paper? You can write notes. You can write letters. Oh, there are so many things that we can do from our, even our sickbed, even our wheelchair. You know, Charles Spurgeon's wife was a sick lady, and she would be in bed for six months at a time. And you know what she did? She had a book ministry where she collected used books and mailed them to pastors that couldn't afford to buy books. And her ministry grew so large that people from all over the world wrote to her requesting books, study books, so they could learn the deep things of God and communicate to their congregations. She did that from her sickbed. Imagine that. She didn't sit there and watch Housewives of Georgia or whatever those shows are called. What she did was she had a ministry collecting books and mailing books. And she had people under her that did the work from her bed. And she blessed 
hundreds upon hundreds of men of God with study materials to help them to grow and lead their congregations. And there was no technology back in those days. You know that. Thirdly, we have a good outcome. As members of the church, the ecclesia, we have a good outcome. You know that? It's going to end well. (laughs) Romans 8.28 We know that for those who love God, All things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, all things, what did Paul say? They work together, not individually. He's not saying everything that happens in life is good. But he's saying when you take everything that happens in your life and mix it together, the end result is good. I think of the ingredients of a cake. Individually, if you're going to bake a cake, the ingredients are yucky, right? You might have shortening. Have a spoon of shortening. Yuck. You might have uh, flour. Have a spoon of flour. Yuck. And you're going to have some frosting. That's good. A raw egg or two. Yuck. You put all these ingredients that make sugar. That's okay. You mix it all together. And then you put it in the oven, and magic happens. When you mix them together, the end result, mmm, good. Right? Individually, they're no good. When you put them together, they're really good. So what does Paul say? All things to work together for good. Not individually. They work together for those who are called according to his purpose. The end result is good. Some of you have had things come against you and you were afraid and you felt threatened and you were sinking. But you know what? You're still here. Look, you're still here. You're not gone. You're alive and you're still with God and God is with you. Think about that. You're a survivor. So in the ecclesia, God has his hand upon your life. So number four, here's the last one. What should I do from now on? Once I realize I'm in the ecclesia of God, called out from the world, together with the people of God, what should I do? Two words. Walk worthy. That's what we do. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.1, he said, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What does that word worthy mean? How do I walk worthy? You know what it means? Appropriately. Walk appropriately as a follower of Christ, as one who was called out of the world to God. So don't look like the world, don't walk like the world, don't sound like the world, don't act like the world. Walk appropriately. Walk of a godly sort, okay? Don't walk in the works of the flesh, but in the fruit of the Spirit. The works of the flesh will send you to hell. Boom, there it is. Can't make it any plainer. 
the works of the flesh, I don't care how good or bad they are, they will send you to hell. Without Christ, there are no good works that will save you. The fruit of the Spirit will strengthen you in God. And you know the interesting thing? We got a battle going on. Oh, yes, we do. The flesh was against the Spirit. The Spirit was against the flesh. There's this tug of war going on inside of us. And you know what? I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. And you don't like it either. Because it's like we're being pulled in two different directions. That's why we are called out of the world. If you keep living in the system of the world, that battle is like, man, it doesn't go away. But if you can get yourself out of that cosmic system, Satan's world, because you know, he is the ruler of this world. He's also called the God of this world, and he wants your soul. And if you can separate yourself from that, the battle will go in your favor. It certainly will. Because you see, the world will weaken your faith and eventually turn you from God. We've seen that happen. We've seen people flirt with the world, and it sucked them in like a vacuum cleaner, like quicksand. It turned them from God. It happens to people. It happens to pastors. It happens to worship leaders and musicians and singers and Sunday school teachers, and it happens to Anybody, Satan is like a roaring lion, prowling about, seeking someone to devour. That's why you got to separate yourself, cut yourself off. You are called out of that world into God. So as the church, see, God uses us to call others into fellowship with him as well. That's a big part of what we do. We, 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 we share the message. Practice sharing the message of Christ with people and inviting them to church. That if you go to a Christian church that teaches salvation by faith alone and preaches the word of God, that's beautiful, invite them. Invite them to come. This is our worthy walk, our divine purpose. So if you are saved, you are the called. If you're not saved... You know what the Bible says? Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Whosoever believes may be saved. And at that moment, whack, wham, you're transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light, into the kingdom of light. But don't go pussyfooting around back in the world. It's not going to end well. You know, it's not going to end well. It's like wearing a Confederate uniform and a Union uniform in the Civil War. You're going to be shot by both sides. (laughs) There's There's no good ending for you. So as Moses said to the people, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day. Who's your daddy? Who's the one? Who's the one that you're going to, here it comes, commit to, be devoted to? You know, devotion, it's a strong character. It's a wonderful character trait. 
It means to be sold out for something. Be sold out for God. You know, it's like even in a, a marriage, you can't be 95% faithful, 5% unfaithful. That's not going to work. I think anybody in a marriage relationship would want 100% faithfulness. So we make a choice. Well, I have that 100% go toward God, or I have that 100% go toward the world. But 50-50, that ain't going to cut it. 75-25, that's not going to cut it either. It's 100 enough. God wants all of your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Not some, not most, but all. I'm going to tell you something. That is true freedom. That's true freedom. Yes, you'll be hated from the world, and that's your, that, that's your badge of honor. When the world persecutes your faith, that's your badge of honor. When you go to work and co-workers mock you, that's your badge of honor. When you're at family gatherings and they make fun of your faith, that's your badge of honor. That's okay. And by the way, real friends will respect your faith. If they mock your faith, they're not real friends. Because they'll respect you as a person. They will. And you keep loving them. And you know what? They're going to see the love of God in you. And that might be the very thing that causes them to, as we said at the beginning, truly identify who Christ is. That's what people need to see. They need to see the reality of who who really is this Jesus Christ. And you know where they're going to see it? In his people. That's why we're going to be sold out. Oh, yeah. We're not perfect. I know that. You want to see somebody that's not perfect? You're looking at him. Well, you're listening to him. You're not looking at him. (laughs) You're listening to him. Far from perfect. But has these times when I can reveal the goodness of God. And that's what people need to see. They need to see the character of God inside of his people. Thanks for coming along today. Hey, share this message at the Hope Club podcast. Find it anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, newhopecc.tv. Anywhere you can find podcasts, the Hope Club podcast. You know what I recommend? Listen to one on the way to work. Listen to one on the way home. Listen to one going out Christmas shopping. Listen to one on the way home. Faith comes by hearing the word of God.